there. My name is Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. As you can probably tell already by the commotion in the background, this is an outside location recording. One in fact that's being done with Paul Kilpatrick aboard his boat Sea Otter 2 in Whitby Harbour after a good day's fishing for cotton ling over the inshore wrecks. Generally speaking, most ports around the UK offer a level of charter boat fishing which can probably best be described as steady. Never constantly in the headlines, but generally capable of satisfying most anglers with average expectations wanting a day out. Only a handful of UK ports take that expectation to the next level by not only promising, but also regularly delivering big catches, attractive species and large specimens. The problem is that when or if things start to slow or show signs of a downturn, the fall from grace can be just as noteworthy as their earlier rise to prominence. Through no fault of its own, the history of Whitby also falls into that category, with a meteoric rise followed by a notable dip in form. I should point out here that it wasn't only Whitby that suffered this blip. Ports either side from the Humber in the south to Aberdeen in the north also mirrored the problem. But because of its reputation, Whitby stood out perhaps a little more than the rest. That said, not only is Whitby now back at the top of the pile, but it's back in a totally different incarnation from the one that went before. If anglers who last fished Whitby back in the 1980s were to return for the first time now again in 2014, they quite literally would not recognise the fishing on offer. It's still pretty much the same species, but tactically speaking, there is absolutely no comparison. But rather than have me try to explain it, let me hand over to Paul. So with over 30 years of charter skipping experience out from Whitby, give us your take on the rise, the fall and the rebirth of rodent line fishing out from the port. Yeah, Whitby was always renowned for being one of the top angling ports in the country, especially for cod fishing. And I would say it still is, really, if you look at look elsewhere around the country. Obviously, the 70s and 80s and early 90s were the boom years for the big, big fish. They had definitely declined, but there was a hell of a lot of commercial pressure, probably caused that more than anything. But as the fishing still goes around the UK, Whitby's probably still one of the top ports in the country. Tactics have changed dramatically, with everybody used to use perks and, and jiggers and stuff like that. It's got more sporting with a lighter tackle shads etc that sort of stuff you know jellies it's moved on in time it's more sporting now than rather than filling boxes up it's gone that way now which is very good really it's good for the sport and uh, it's good for Whitby and as I say it's still one of the top angling ports in the UK and you're not going as far offshore these days as you used to either a lot of the offshore ex people used to want to go margin to sea people used to do that because you used to think you get bigger fish the further you always go that isn't always the case We've had plenty of cod. Well, I can name a few cod around £30 we've had within five miles of the shore over the years. The special thing about Whibby is it's got the reefs here, which a lot of other places don't have, and the depth of water, which is ideal for the cod and the ling, and the pollock as well. Why do you think it was that Whitby went into decline? Not only Whitby, but all the North Sea ports went well, into decline. Well, I think decline. commercial overfishing, commercial pressure was unbelievable. Once the horsepower came in with the trawlers and the rock-hopping trawl was discovered, it was a road to ruin in the end because to go, it would come too efficient. Pair trawling was also drastic. How much fish these boats used to catch, dramatic amounts, you know, unbelievable amounts of fish. And obviously it all took its toll. It's got to the point now where things are picking up a little bit and uh, the only way is up really. 
do you think the days of the 70s and 80s with the big fish and the records and well, the likes are gone? I always turn around and say it takes years. I think what people aren't contemplating is that your offspring only grows big as your parents, so if you lost the big breeding stock, it takes years for the fish to get big again. If a £10 cod breeds, its offspring's probably only going to go to £10. You know, it takes years for it for the cycles to go through. You're talking a long time before you see them real big fish coming back again. And of course, in the early 70s and 80s, it was mainly a summer venue, wasn't it? Whereas now you've got the inshore. Yeah, well, I kicked the uptiding off at Whitby on Sea Otter. Nobody used to do it. I got it going, and now it's a very popular thing. Cod fishing in winter, cod is here all year round, whether you're looking at winter or summer, you just use different tactics to catch it. And the prospects for the future? Oh, well, there's no trawling going on off Whitby, so we've just got to think things are just going to get better. So hopefully the catch rates will go up and, you know, more and more anglers will, uh, will get back into the sport. And how would you compare Whitby as it was in the 70s in its heyday with what it's like today? Oh, well, you can't compare because the catches are nothing like. There's no question about that. And the fish are smaller. But you still get good fish, you still get good catches. Not on the scale you used to, but end of the day, it is more sporting now. What about your own personal history? Tell us all about yourself. I've been fishing since I was a kid, from the age of about five years old, when my dad took me down the pier here at Whitby. I'm born and bred here, and uh, I was hooked from then on. Done a lot of shore fishing over the years when I was younger. I did charter in the very early 80s, packed it in and then went off on the oil rigs and then uh, come back into chartering about very early 90s and been there ever since. I love fishing, otherwise I wouldn't be a charter skipper. What about the different boats you've had? Oh, I've, I've worked a few different... I've probably worked four or five different boats over the years. The present one I've had about eight years. Whether I uh, change that, I probably won't. I'll probably just keep this one. What part have you played in developing the techniques that are used today? Well, nobody at Whitby were used to use a shad. I was probably the first skipper here to really push it along and get it up on the internet. But probably all the way up and down the East Coast because nobody used them. And people started seeing it on the internet and uh, everybody started wanting to use shads and it took off dramatically along the East Coast. But as today has shown, shads are not the only way to catch the fish, are No, they? no, no, no. Bait fishing's very good as well. It's tactics on the day, bait fishing the wrecks, you can get some really good cod as you saw yourself. You know, you get quality fish. And the ling. And the ling as well, there's plenty of ling as well if you target them. But it's all the tactics, you know, it's knowing what tactics to use on the day. That's the bit of the skill of the skipper in, going in the right direction. <laughs> get that little bit in there. Yeah. The skill of the skipper. You've got to do, haven't you? Yeah, you do, of course you have, yeah. Right. We've looked in detail at the sort of bread and butter fishing. Can we talk about one or two of the special prospects you've got going, in particular halibut and poor big sharks? Yeah. I've had a few halibuts over the years, and we've got this one this year, £53. We tend to catch the halibut early in the season, usually. April, May, June is the time when, if you look back through what's been caught halibut-wise, it it's always been around that period. I think once it gets to, like, July, August, September, when the herrings start to turn up, there's just too much natural food for them so they're very difficult to catch then but they are there they're not in droves but there is halibut here and Whitby keeps throwing them out compared well, to other parts the guy had it on for half an hour uh, it took him half an hour to land it had his clutch set perfect on the reel played it very very well conditions were quite rough that day at sea and uh, the boat was rolling quite, quite a lot but the guy did a superb job Barry Kemper and uh, he gets 10 out of 10 for bringing it to the surface and and then my part was getting it onto the boat for him. 
What's it like in the boat? It's a big fish. Flaps about. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. What about poor beagle sharks? One or two people have been deliberately targeting and yeah, the boat. There is poor beagle sharks about. We've had two this year, took fish off us, a bit cut in half. They seem to be coming more and more as a poor beagle like, you know. And there is boats commercially fishing, well, not commercially, commercially angling for them. Catch and release, obviously, you can't land them. But it is a possibility that that sport could grow in strength, fishing for poor beagles. What do you think it would take to develop that? Well, I think it, it's possibly something which we've talked about is maybe a festival, you know, some sort of festival to catch poor beagles and get it covered, you know, probably nationally on it, by a mag or something like that and uh, show that Whitby can be the place where you can go with some good shark fishing. What kind of numbers would you think are possibly out there then? Well, I've known my mate who does the shark and he's had as many as three a day, ball beagles, so if you take it, that there's a few boats at it, you could maybe get a couple of day if you're stuck at it. Well, it's specialising with chum and everything, really, isn't it? It's a specialised fishing, definitely. It's a specialised way of fishing, yeah. What kind of sizes do they get as well? They order them up to 400 pounds, yeah. Big, okay. big fish, like. Big fish. Right. How do you see the future for Whitby and its neighbouring North Sea ports in light of all the commercial pressure and stocks? And, and you, you can bitch on about the scallopers and everybody yeah. else if you want. Well, I would honestly say that there's very few trawlers left on the East Coast now. And it, the only way is up for the angling, for charter angling. But suddenly we've had an influx of uh, commercial scalloping off, off this coast, off Whitby, etc. And they're doing utmost damage to the reefs, which is very, very worrying. And I hope I'm wrong, but it doesn't be a catastrophic effect with the scalloping. We'll just have to wait and see. And these lads are coming from where? They're coming from places where their own grounds are fished out. Anything else you want to say about them? Uh, Yeah, they should be banned back at six mile instantly. Ten miles in my book. All the reefs should be protected off Whitby. And they should be protected by the fisheries, and they're not doing the job. And yet the Sea Angling 2012 says that there's more money in angling than what there is in commercial. There is. And these boats, they should look at that and say, you know, if you're going to do damage to our industry, you shouldn't be doing it. It's a short-term gain, is scallop judging. It's all over the internet, the videos of divers going down on reefs prior to scalloping with dredges, and then they go down after they've been dredging it, and it's like a lonely landscape, destroyed. Are you hopeful for the future? I'm very hopeful if, if we need to get these scallopers put in order, but fish-wise there is definitely, definitely a hell of a lot more juvenile cod showing up, so that can only mean one good thing, more fish. <laughs>